Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about new beginnings, a surprising Venom cameo, and the one thing I don't think any of us really wanted in our Once Upon a Time, tentacle porn. I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I don't know. I think you should kind of be speaking for yourself on that last one. I was just... No. Oh, no uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can only speak for one who is me. I don't want I don't want tentacle porn references in 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 my fan in this fantasy genre, I, but it's too late for that. That ship sailed. No, you got a bunch of nerds writing a show, and you got some lady with tentacles. I mean, it's just it's going to come up. There's no way around it. It just is. Uh, good. This episode was strange uh, and weird, and um, I just kept thinking. We banished him in such a yas queen moment, and then he's, like, immediately back. It just... Wish we got to sit with it longer. I do, too. I I think we needed at least a couple episodes with Rumpel doing things behind the scenes before he's back in Storybrooke, because this immediately takes all the wind out of the sails of what Belle did. Because he's able to immediately manipulate her specifically in order to get back into Storybrooke. And, you know, we we have a moment of Belle being, you know, strong and smart and clever. And then Rumpel immediately deflates her again. Yeah. And she doesn't even I, know it. I It's the same thing with, like, the, the Snow Queen. It was just, like, you had this great moment and then it's immediately, like, almost counteracted the next episode. I would have liked a couple episodes of Rumpel not being on his feet because it's like he got banished. He was crying. Like he was crying at the line, trembling. And then now he's just like, I'm going to go back to Storybrooke and I'm going to run over everybody because it's amazing. And I'm so smart and savvy. I can now also catfish people on the internet. <laughs> yes, everyone. We are talking about season four, episode 13, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Uh, this is the uh, mid-season premiere for the second half of season four. Frozen has come and gone. It We will not see its like again. What instead we have is the ultimate fantasy crossover time with the Queens of Darkness. Uh, we have Cruella de Vil. We have Ursula. 
And uh, eventually we'll have Maleficent, at least in the present, because as we all know, in season one, she was a dragon and then she wasn't a dragon because she died. She was dead, dead. Allegedly. 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 Yes. There, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a big question mark on there now. And, oh God. So, yeah, this episode is, it's got some strengths to it. And it had some really positive reviews. And it was written by the showrunners. So there's like a lot writing on this one. There's parts I really liked. The opening scenes I really enjoyed. The flashback we'll get to because it's a flashback and it's fun. And then the way it ends, it's like, okay, well, we're right back where we freaking started. Like an episode, literally one episode ago. It, 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 it's a weird little whiplash that happens that I don't particularly care for. Uh, because it, this is the part where when we were speculating if they just like crammed Frozen into this. I feel like this whole thing with the author and magic and like maybe like a, another baddie from the beginning in the beginning part that wasn't Frozen or something would have made this make sense. There's no reason they should have kept gold here as long as they should have. I wish gold would have been banished before Snow Queen left because all of the Snow Queen gold stuff sucked. I hated it so much. It was always nothing. So banish him earlier so we get more sad New York rumple scenes of him trying to put his life back together as opposed to the five minutes the Storybrooke got to experience no rumple. Yeah, but that would have required more budget. And I don't think you yeah. have more budget because you have to spend it on uh, this the two versions of the Chernabog. <laughs> two, I, not I, one, but two Chernabog uh, renditions. One is smoky and one is less smoky. Yeah, and you can also kind of tell that the showrunners wrote this episode because, like, when the showrunners write the episode, uh, I'm pretty sure you could shoot Rumple with a gun in the face and he would be like, ha-ha, this was all a part of my plan and I am now somehow even more powerful and more. It's just like, I don't know what their, like, damage is with making Rumple anything less than super bulletproof, but, like, cow, just give him, give him some weakness, please. He's no longer a complex, fun character. He's just, ugh. Abby, he's such a Mary Sue. Like, come he's on. He's such a Mary Sue. He's got plot armor. He's got, like, plot <laughs> armor. And also, they're, like, just not not for nothing. There is something to be said that I... I, I know they kind of have shown this through the be- through the entirety of, of um, Once Upon a Time. But it was really noticeable where it was just like, oh, in a land without magic. And they also, they... I'm not going to say the word... But she calls him the C word because he's he's handicapped with his his, his oh, cane. It was that. like a my whole body shot for a second. I was like, whoa! Like I, it's a word you don't hear a lot. At least in my life, I don't hear it a lot. So it was just one of those. I don't think we say those things anymore. I don't remember who said it. Uh, it's Cruella. It's Cruella, I believe. Cruella, yeah. which I guess is on brand. But she said that. But then it's like the moment he gets in Storybrooke, he like throws the cane away. And he's like, fine, I'm in a land with magic. I'm no longer disabled. It's like, I wish this wasn't how it was portrayed. Yeah. Like, I, I hooray, guess. I'm, hooray, victory to me. I no longer require a cane. I'm no longer disabled. Like, okay. Well, let's go ahead. <laughs> let's put a pin in that because I don't want to linger on that because that, that, that brings me emotional pain. Uh, let's go ahead and... Uh, journey to Storybrooke, sans gold, sans his attitude, his sassitude, 
And uh, we're going to uh, jump forward six weeks after the events of the mid-season finale. Coincidentally, that's pretty much how long the break was. <gasps> oh, my gosh. It's in real time. It's like a real time, like an Animal Crossing. Yay. <laughs> oh, make sure you say I... hi to all, all, the, uh, all the five people in Storybrooke. Otherwise, they're going to ask you where you've been. Why have you haven't said hello? Oh my gosh, is that Emma Swan? I wouldn't know who I did. Where did you go? Shocking and making you feel guilty for booting up a game you love. Okay, sorry. That's so me. many weeds. So many weeds in Storybrooke. I'm so afraid to open my Animal Crossing game. Oh no! So afraid. They're going to be mean to me, Beth. In uh, the older so- versions, the residents would just like up and leave. They would move away if you didn't check in a bunch. Yeah, At they least in fully this would one, leave. they just. They do the uh, our flag of death, passive aggression, <laughs> yes. or massive aggression. Exactly. Uh, so I love this opening shot. It was just short of having like a monkey song on top of it because it was just like everybody elbows jauntily swaying, just like everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. Everyone's having a great time. Everyone's giving little kisses on the cheek. Everyone's having a great time. Uh, people are watching babies uh, and smiling at people watching their babies. That was a weird scene, I think. It was just like, let's just stand and watch our baby be taken care of. Uh, I love Emma's red bomber jacket. Like It's like, it's cold, but I still have a brand. Loved this. And they're all just, everything's going great. So, you know, Belle's working at the library. And... The scene, they kind of like walk by the pawn shop. It looked like the sign said open. It did, right? I, it it was really hard because normally it's like you flip it, right? Open, close. Yeah. You see the word close, which means presumably the word open is on the other side. And I was like, oh, is Belle running the pawn shop? Or or maybe maybe Henry's summer job has taken on a, uh, a new, new life. But no, he's getting picked up for school in front of Granny's. I'm guessing because they don't have the, they couldn't do the location shot for Regina's mansion. Because why, no, why is mean, a child to, getting picked up in front of the diner? I mean, to be fair, I don't know how they all super work, but I know that like, a bunch of kids kind of congregate on the corner by my house. Like they're not mm. being picked up in front of their homes. There's like a bus stop. I kind of wish there would have been another kid or two. <laughs> Just like maybe make it seem like a pickup location. Uh, but yeah, he's being picked up at the diner. He never leaves the diner, by the way. The only time we see him is then he's studying at the diner. While Emma mm-hmm. looks at him and goes, look at him studying. I'm so proud of him. Like, Hook's like, what kind of date is this? This is a terrible date. <laughs> Just watching your kid <laughs> look at a book. Okay, so we get our opening scene. Everyone's happy. You're supposed to go, oh, six weeks have passed. No rumple. Everyone's feeling great. But best we are lies. still- Mary Margaret's teaching about oh, birds. That- uh, I love Regina her, like, is burning smaller. pictures of birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she burns the bird. I would like to say, by the way, snaps for Snow White- uh, for being uh, in believing in evolution uh, because yeah. she is talking about how birds have descended from reptiles, which is fantastic. Like just like, yeah, they descended from uh, reptiles. I'm like, okay. But she also went like in like a much smaller, like when we saw her being a teacher in the first season, she was in a very big public school 30 kids at a desk. She's addressing them all. Now it's got much more of like a everyone's desk is in a circle, but there's only like seven of them. And it's like much more like she's got more of a science teacher uh, classroom now where there's just so much shit happening because she has to cram all of her science in there. 
So I like this new. I like this better. This seemed more, had more of like the wild wizard, wizarding world of teaching kind of vibe to it. Like we're being caught in a castle kind of. Yeah, I, I think this fits for Mary Margaret that she's in, that she's back in the classroom and Regina is back in her office and, and for a hot second when she looked at the portrait of the birds, I thought she was going to like leave it there. It's like, oh, it's like a sign of like progress and moving forward, taking flight, all this stuff. Maybe I could use a little bit of color. Nope. But she means it lights a shit on fire very strategically and, and, and. The smile she gives as she burns it was so funny to me because it was like the contented smile you see in a sitcom opening. Standing tall after I burn all the birds. It was great. I loved it. (laughs) Finally, I'm back in my office. Gonna burn this. There's probably no like weird emotional response I should be having. This this probably doesn't need to be brought up in therapy. Hey, Hopper, how's it going? How how was your week, Regina? Oh, I burned that that thing that Mary Margaret put in my office. Okay, hold on. What happened? Take your coat off and have a seat. Let's start at the beginning. I did think it was a little weird that we didn't see David in this montage. That we don't see what he's doing because he was kind of subbing in as the sheriff but in this scene we see emma picking up the badge again grabbing her jacket and heading out to the sheriff station but we don't see if you know what dave's up to because he didn't necessarily want to be sheriff much like mary margaret he was kind of forced into it through circumstance because he was the prince he was prince charming what's he what's he doing i feel like if there's not like a crisis happening charming's like napping He's just nappy. I mean, all the time. He, he 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 saw his he saw how beneficial it was for his wife. He's like, you know what? I could use a sweet nap too. Yeah, this is maybe. Like, I, hopefully, I won't get the red room of fire with mine. Yeah, hoo hoo, finger crossed. Uh, so they do this whole thing. So basically, we then find out that they are as a town kind of. I'm sorry. The six main characters of the show, the only people in the town other than the extras, are trying to find a way to free the fairies from the hat. So Hook uh, stops off at the library and Belle is there. And I, this scene made me laugh so much because like it needed to be raining outside for Hook's scene. Like he was just in a whole different world. He, this, he is in a scene with a woman who banished her husband from the town and her life commanding him with a magical dagger and he's just like couldn't anybody be feeling more pain than me no my heart ah like he's I feel like he's the guy that's complaining that he stubbed his toe while his wife is fully giving birth like yeah he's just like it's my fault that they're here and i'm like i love that it's been six weeks he's still this level of angry about it i just ah uh, like there should be like a teen band in the background playing like I don't know like it just had such an emo teenage vibe to it to me it did and it was it was pretty insensitive too because Belle is 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 going to him being like yeah I know what you mean and then just spouts out all the most worst shit that happened to her and he's like no but you don't understand this is what I went through and I'm like okay okay what's your point yeah he's just no it's it's different men feel pain differently bill i feel pain more uh and 
the whole time she's just dropping this is another thing and we'll get to it but i i was mad that this had like such a f- small payoff in the storyline of just like bell just like casually drops about the internet she's like oh the internet's great i'm talking to some guy an oxford professor and he's helping me translate stuff and my first thought when this gets dropped is does this does he not have a name like i'm like this is such a weird thing like how does she find these people what is she doing what is she emailing who is this person I want names. I mean, I got the name later and I was very mad about it. So I, I wish this was like three episodes ago. Belle is like in contact with some someone and she's like slowly building a small relationship. And then we find out because we find out 20 minutes later who it is and I'm pissed off about it. it it's it's obvious. It was a uh, Monsieur um, Silver Name. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Mm, Silver Goldman. Dr. Silver. I have Dr. a Doctor Silver Goldman. I want to know what they said because again, this is a man who like doesn't have his resources as usual. I want to know how like terrible those emails were. It's like, yes, I have Doctor Silver. I have many certifications from collegiate activities that I've done. Like just sounding like someone who's not quite translating things correctly. You, and you gotta know, he's like full boomer, head leaning over the keyboard, typing with two fingers, so many typos, and so many and, ellipses. Yeah. Oh my god. Just, Just ridiculous. Good. Good. Good morrow, Bell. Dot dot dot. I have looked at your letter. Dot dot dot, and put it through my word processing systems. Dot dot dot. Smiley face, winky face emoji. Just weird emojis for no reason. Okay. So what? Uh, one thing I do want to point out, though, that really bothers me about this episode is um, they only talk about the fairies and. Also, the one guy. There's other people in that hat. There were a lot of stars in that hat. Why aren't they doing a spell just to get rid of, to free everybody? Like, why aren't they just trying to free all the people in the hat? Oh, also, hey, Beth, did you know that once trapped and then freed, they can't be trapped again? You know, that common knowledge. That's, yeah. I mean, I know now. I learned learned things today. I just, I wish they swore more in this, in in like the show itself. Cause like, could you imagine? No, you dumbass. Once they get freed, they can't be just like, jeez, all right. So, sorry, I breathe like right into the microphone. (gasps) And so they're trying to find a way. So she's talking to some Oxford professor. I like happy Emma because happy Emma kind of has, I think the annoying vibe that I kind of give off sometimes when we when we do things where she like shows up like, hey, I brought you a salad and also a root beer. I'm trying to open it with my teeth and it's just not working. You need a break. Let's go do things. It's nice outside. The mayor, I don't know what that is. Let's go. This was this was a mix of that, but also um this was like this was married coupleness. This felt yes. like the spouse coming to their to their partner's uh, place of business and being like, you need a break. I brought these root beers. Uh, I can't get it open. Uh, can you get it open? No, I don't have, I can't use my teeth. I'm like, oh. Ooh. That, 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 had a, that, had a, that had a tone to it. Can't do that. <laughs> I was 
was like, yeah, I well, was reading, I was reading way too much into this scene between Emma and Regina, mainly because it was written very well. I want to give the showrunners some props for the interplay in this scene. Like, it was, it, it, it felt like odd couple, but a couple. Oh, no, it, but, but that reads through the rest of the episode because they give mm-hmm. each other so many, like, looks and they're a united front against Emma's own parents. Uh, and speaking of just like the high energy, it just made me think of, I think I was telling you this before we started recording, but I've been spending a lot of my time mental health preparing myself away from uh, social media by being on Tumblr. So my fan fiction knowledge is like in orbit at the moment. And it did also like the Emma and Regina scene had that like, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, reader insert fan fiction, but they're always referred to as Y slash N for your name. And YN tends to be the like fun quirky character who like bashes on everybody and is just like can't be controlled and is is like a loose cannon but also like quirky and not like everybody else and so great. That was the vibe this had. this vibe is just like YN walks in with uh, root beers for Regina. She doesn't want him but she eventually does and they become best friends, enemy to lovers. We love it. Okay. So they do all that. And, and Emma get... finds something in the drawer. Emma finds the, the thing in the opener. drawer. Like, again, we're just searching through drawers. Well, she had to <laughs> find a bottle like... opener that Mary Margaret apparently just had in there, and Emma knew about it. Okay, what is Mary Margaret drinking at work? <laughs> like, why does she... I don't... Especially because she's breastfeeding. I mean, I mean, granted, you can drink when you breastfeed. You just have to, like pace it really well and it sucks like you have to put I'm, a timer on okay two hours i'm like also kind of here. just imagining that mary margaret is drinking like just pretentious drinks in glass bottles that need a can opener for some reason or a bottle opener for some reason perrier so much yeah ah this is what i drink it's so great she also why is regina hiding things in drawers she's not constantly guarding like you don't hide stuff in things that are across the room from you like you hide them in your desk drawer where people are just gonna be not as well, it doesn't matter. Because Open- she wants someone to find it. Oh, she so- wants someone to find it. Let's be real. She, this is the, this is the, uh, are you fine? Yeah, I'm fine. You're not fine. Are you okay? Do you want to talk? No, I don't want to talk. Yeah, you oh. do. Okay, 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 fine. Talks for 45 minutes. She's vague booking. Oh, <sighs> this is, this is, yeah, this is. Regina doesn't have access to near like Bell does. Bell's vague booking about all her problems with Rumple. Regina puts things in the vague drawer. Yeah, she's vague drawing. Yeah, just, she opens it up. It so again, again, things from the last episode now suddenly don't like just don't pay off. Literally twenty minutes later, because at the town line, when Regina says goodbye to Robin, she tears up her paper, and it's like very meaningful. We open the drawer. It's the photo of her kissing Robin. It's what their ending should have been had she decided to put on her big girl pants and go into the bar uh, when when Tink showed her her happy ending. I do appreciate uh, Regina's tidiness in ripping things in perfect squares. Yeah, I mean, if with another character, with just in general, it'd be like, oh, that's so unrealistic. But with Regina, yeah, you can see that. That's how she would do. Yeah, like, Regina, like, burns paintings in her offices that she doesn't like, but she also is probably just an absolute nightmare to give gift-wrapped things to. Just like, oh, save the paper. Save the paper. 
straightening all the pencils on her desk. Oh, all the time, constantly. Yeah. Constantly. So we find this, and then... So all the conversations about the whole author-sorcerer thing drove me nuts in this episode because it was such... It was like peanut butter. It was just like we couldn't get through it, but it was just happening. And it wasn't clear. I think the part that made me the maddest is that they start calling this the author or the sorcerer. And then later, Blue is just like, oh, yes, those are both the names this person uses. No, she says they're two different people. Well, no, no, I know. But one's a sorcerer and one is the author. Yeah. We're confirming those names that we've pulled out of the ether. I wish we would have pulled different things out of the ether. It's like, oh, well, we've been calling him, I don't know, teenage writing boy. And it's like, no, he likes to be called the author. I I just wish the names that they had come up with on their own had not been the names that they were. Like, at least the sorcerer, yeah. we kind of say the sorcerer and the sorcerer's hat. That one kind of makes sense. Henry just kind of made up the author. Or maybe it was Regina. We just name dropped that. And it's like, oh, yes, he goes by the author. It's like. How did we come up with the thing that this person calls themselves? I just... Yeah, the more likely thing that pe- normal people would say is the writer. The person who wrote the story. You just call him the writer. Yeah. And then it's like, no, no, they're the author. And I'm like, okay, that sounds a bit more fancy. We'll go yeah, with that one. sounds pretentious. I hate them already. But, I, just I wish mean, it- yeah. one thing that Once Upon a Time... Ne- they, this is not something that they do because... They like to hammer things home and drill them into your head. They're not going to change a name of a big antagonist halfway through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. not, they're not going to psych fake us out like that as much as we would like them to because I feel like that would make more sense. I just, I wish they thought we had like one extra IQ point. Like, we've got one more brain cell than you think we do, so that brings us to two. So- <laughs> Yay! So, we... She finds this and they have this conversation about the author about how like, oh, well, maybe it was like a trick or a cruel prank. No, Robin found it. It was hope. And Emma's like very optimistic. She's also like watching Henry. This is the world's worst date. Emma's watching Henry like look over the book. In are they at Granny's? Why are all the lights off? I just I was very confused as why they were just sitting in the dark and Henry was reading in the dark. Yeah, I feel this the they could have moved this to Snow and Charming's place and had the exact same scene and it yeah. would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. So Henry's trying to get to the bottom of this cuz he's so smart. He's the smartest boy in school. He's the only boy in school other than the extras who don't speak. Uh and they <laughs> Bell just like appears. She's like, "I found it." The strange unnamed man from Oxford has translated all these things and asked zero questions. I just cold emailed him my translations and he gave them to me. So now we can do the incantation. And by incantation, we mean uh, silently waving the dagger around. And not saying any words that would make up an incantation. I, I guess the incantation was the the hand movements? Or I, she just says it in her brain? She says it like she can do that really powerful magic. Uh, God, I think it was a Harry Potter thing where it's like, really powerful magic doesn't even need to be spoken with words. 
Like she's she's like she's very powerful. She didn't even have to say words out loud. Uh and like so the fairies are free, but then also watch out, Eddie Brock, because Venom's here. She's like pouring. <laughs> but that's it. Those are the only things that come out of the hat. They like, though good, the fairies are here, and then they stop. Did we even get the sorcerer's apprentice out? No, that's and that's Great. the weird thing, is like the the spell only freed the fairies and and whatever this other and the Balrog. This thing this thing th- yeah this thing got out and we're we're going to get an explanation for that later that's super totally awesome and not and not cringe inducing at all obviously we're going to get to it but first i think we have to kind of like see what rumbles up to and like what this venom thing is about it's like because it might be kind of connected. Maybe. Maybe. But did not we banish him? I mean, why are we even we talking did. about this? Man? He's, he's banished. He is banished. He is in New York City. He's a sad man uh, microwaving ramen, even though there is a perfectly good stovetop where he could heat the water. And it's th- in a cup, though. It is. A cup of noodles just grosses me out to no end. Like, I'll do a pack of instant ramen noodles. If I'm in the mood, but the ones with like the fake little freeze dried carrots, this it's just it's, and like the little freeze dried corn, I can't do it. It's disgusting. I don't know how people do that. I love them so much. Oh no! <laughs> it's I in this. I listen. I think it. I'm not gonna like defend it and be like it is the 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 height of class. It is a. It's kind of like how and I say this now as someone who has not eaten it since 2018, because uh, I have celiacs, uh, because gluten is and everything. I also really liked Chef Boyardee ravioli in a can, but it's like it's nostalgia more than anything. It's one of those foods that you eat and you're just like, oh, I mean, I'm eating it. I'm not mad about that. I'm eating it. Sometimes you crave it because you just want garbage. That's kind of where I was always at it. But now that someone who hasn't eaten gluten since 2018, I'm not going to lie to you, Beth. I'd throw it away for a cup of noodles. <laughs> it's just like, man, what what top 10 foods is all garbage and ramen is up there because there is not a gluten-free equivalent to ramen there's like rice noodles and stuff but it's always fancy and nonsense it's like no i want the little chicken seasoning packet i want the little noodles and you just it just cannot be done without all the gluten so anyway that's that's me just being sad and wanting gluten but uh yeah yeah, he's no i I can do it just without all the rigmarole of all the freeze-dried vegetables yeah like I, I'll do. And, I'll add my own vegetables, and that's amazing. But uh, anyway, so yeah, but you're right. Though he should be heating up the water. I remember I used to do the thing yeah, where I microwave the water. It all the time, but you're supposed yeah. to dump water, and you're not supposed to microwave the styrofoam. Yeah, you're not supposed, <laughs> which it's, I did and for it's years. Paper. It's paper on top. Like that's a fire hazard. Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Don't anyway, so he pulls it out. He's in a robe. He's sitting at the computer. Um, he is getting very angry about some um, some posts that someone uh, put up on Facebook about uh, American values. That their values he does not agree with. So he's giving them a piece of his mind. But but after all he capital that, letters, all capital exactly, letters, all capital letters. This is not this is not the America I grew up in. This is not the Enchanted Force. Anyway. So Ursula comes back from Generic Aquarium, where she works at Aquarium Aquarium. It just says on her back, Aquarium. I looked it up. The only aquarium 
it, within that this that the New York City area is in Coney Island, which kind of checks out because they have the annual mermaid parade. Like, so I'm kind of wondering what Ursula does during the annual mermaid parade. She's got to be like fuming, just like staring daggers all the all the people dressed up as mermaids just walking down the street just be like i hate you i hate you i'd turn you into a little shrimpy thing and i'd use you to get your father i so what came to my brain first was i'm imagining she's not friends with anybody because she just says weird shit constantly and i imagine it stems from the mermaid parade like the mermaid parade's happening and it's like uh an event that she has to be at like for work and the whole time, she's just like, you know, this isn't what real ma- mermaids do. I used to bless them with legs at high tide. And just like, man, I don't know what this lady's doing, but I'm pretty sure she's drinking at work. Like, this, what is she talking about? Like, no one wants to be near her because she has, like, all these, like, weird theories about mermaids and how they all suck. And then, yes, also your thing. She's probably throwing dead fish at them. Just like, ah. Oh, 100%. Eh, you're terrible and awful, and I'll take your voice and your voice and your voice. Not your voice. I'm going to give you all of their voices. Just, so you have a co- like just a chorus behind you because I like you. Yeah, I like, like you, you, so I'm gonna just style. give you every voice. You can be your own little acapella group, which is gonna be its own weird, different curse. <laughs> oh God, that would be a curse if you just like whenever you spoke, it was just like six voices speaking in harmony all the time. That's like the worst <laughs> X Men power. You're just like constantly in the middle of like auto tuned, pitch perfect three speaking. <laughs> just- nonsense i love it so yes and she's also not making very much money apparently not enough to be buying a lot of ramen guys minimum wage we've got to raise it this woman works hard she should be eating more ramen yes yes she should be getting more ramen because she apparently only had one left and rumple took it so she's pissed and she's mad because he's been there for six weeks he's just you know sleeping on her couch she's eating all her food and not paying the bills and he's doing stuff he's like i've got plans You'll find out they're going to be cool. When, and when they, they come to fruition, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, you're going to just be like, oh, Rumple, I'm sorry I ever doubted you because you're so cool. And see, it would be great if we if he just got a little kick to the pride where this didn't happen, where maybe it took a little bit longer, like maybe they didn't come back for him. Yeah, But, I, but lo yeah. and behold, that's not what we get. Yeah, I I do wish we got more of it because it's just like, what's funny about the scene in retrospect is the fact that like she comes home from a hard day's work and she's like, you don't do anything. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I know I haven't showered in a couple of days and I've been wearing this robe for three days. But listen, I'm catfishing this woman in uh, New England uh, about relics. uh, But also I've been obsessively stalking Cruella DeVille on Facebook and she just moved her relationship from married to it's complicated so quite honestly we just have to wait and bite our time i would i i'm not not doing anything i'm cyber stalking people <laughs> and getting the things that i want this this gives this gives unrealistic expectations to what you can gain from cyber stalking it's never good you never get good things from cyber stalking you just get like minor hits of serotonin and that's about it. The showrunners no watched Swordfish and just got the way worst ideas from it. That was that movie, right? With no, it was Swim Fan. 
The swim fan is what I'm talking about. Swim fan. Yeah, they watched swim fan and they were like, oh, I like these parts. And they didn't watch anything else. Okay, so. Uh, My first bi panic movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so they decided to go uh, get Cruella, uh, who is having a complicated time, to say the least, because all of her stuff's being repossessed. They also watched Queen of Versailles and were like, you know what? Let's cut straight to the comeuppance for this one. And I have to hand it to Cruella. She did not change a thing about her appearance. No. She's like, fuck this. I don't care what world I, I don't care what reality I'm in. This is how, this is who I am. This is how I dress. This is the car I drive. I'm not changing a goddamn thing. Ursula's like in her modern garb. Cruella's like, nope. No, no. Listen, Cruella will forever, like, right now, Cruella is the best. Like, we talked about this before where she was, like, encapsulating the essence of that character in a way that didn't look completely stepped out of the film, but, like, captured the essence completely. This was the same way. Uh, We, we, we stan a queen who, she didn't even go into, like, polite American society normally. I love it. She's like, I'm going to have two-toned black and white hair. Why? Because you can go to hell. That's exactly why. And if you don't love me, you know, she like fully got married to like a really rich dude being just who she is. Proud of her. Proud of her. And apparently this is not the first one. And in that conversation, she indicates it will not be the last. Like this is, this is how she do. This is how she gets by. And you got to love it. And like, it's amazing to me, like this actress, uh, Victoria Smurfit, um, she is Irish. And if you, you watch her in interviews, she has the thickest Irish accent and you cannot tell. Um, but like, this is one of her most successful roles, at least in American television. But she, you know, she was really successful in Ireland. Before this role, she was nominated as Best Supporting Actress in the Inter uh, in the Irish Film and Drama Awards from the IFTA, and I'm like, hell yes, it's well deserved. Her. She should have won her. it. She should have won because this, like, it's so delicious. This whole scene is so fun. She she just sucks all the energy into herself and then shoots it up like fireworks that that just light the world she's so fun she is and honestly uh, like this is like this and this is just to her like how she just is but i don't think a lot of people could carry that big coat that she's wearing with the same elegance like i look like an absolute dumbass in that (laughs) like could you imagine putting that thing on like i would just start like like just like John, like the, the thing that I was talking about at the beginning with the monkey song walking around. Like I'd be putting it on and just like be walking around, and be like, "Hey guys, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me." I, she just carries it like this is a normal jacket. She even does coat. the Cruella like poof up, where she like kind of puffs it up around yeah. her shoulders, and looks fantastic. Like, fantastic, the whole just. 10 I will out of 10. say like out of every single, and this is probably not the first time I've said this, and it will not be the last. Out of all the actors on Once Upon a Time, and they're all incredible. Well, with a few exceptions. I will say Victoria as Cruella is, I think, the most the most perfect embodiment of the character she's playing out of any actor. Because, like, you know, a lot of that earlier on, they take the role and they kind of make it their own. And then later you get the imitations. 
Victoria kind of did both. Like she embodied, yeah. like she impersonated Cruella while making it her own and just having a freaking incredible time. And like when she gives that one line read to Rumpel, she's like, I will not go back to how I started. Like, you know, there's a story there and you're like, I, I got to hear more. Tell yeah. me more right now. Yeah, she's the she does that thing where you're just like, I wish she would say more words. Mm-hmm. Like every time Rumple would like stop talking, like start talking, I'd be like, no, no, no. Shh, 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 shh. Cruella is speaking. Yeah. We listen when Cruella speaks and we let her speak as many words as she would like to speak. She stole every scene. I loved this. And I, again, this whole scene of her like being like escorted off the premises where she's like, no, I came in. I, I also like the idea that like she only came into the marriage with the coat and the car. Like the only thing to her name was the coat and the car. It's all she took. She didn't give a fig about anything else she was just like the coat and the car are mine i'll see you later we'll see you in court bye darling see you later yeah she's she i mean she's already she's already found her next mark on linkedin and um she's she's heading that way as we speak but first she's gonna make a detour because she's met up with some old friends um i felt really bad for the actress who plays ursula uh marin because she didn't have anything to do in like Pretty much most of the episode, except for the time where she yelled at Rumple, she was just standing behind Rumple as he talked at Cruella and just kind of folded her arms and just glared. And I kind of wish that they'd given her a bit more because as we see in the flashback that we're going to get to right now, the two of them have a history. Like, play on that. Let, let Ursula come into the conversation with a bit more power and agency and be the, maybe she's the one who convinces Cruella to jump on board. It's not Rumple going, bah, 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 I, we're going to get a happy ending. Yeah, I do feel bad. I, I, I also got that vibe. Um, now that you say that is because it just kind of felt like when they were like, we need to get three baddie women and then they were like, okay, so we're going to resurrect Maleficent, obviously. I got an idea to bring back Corella DeVille. Cool. What's the third one? I, I feels like Ursula was a the last edition, and they didn't quite know what to do with her. Which is really unfortunate, considering she's one of the only black actors on the show. Oh. A like, lot to unpack, yes. Yeah, because, it's, yeah. This show has a problem with how it brings in black actors, either in these very tiny roles where they don't, you know, where they don't end up really having much of an impact, or being the villain, or being like the secret villain, or something like that. I know that I believe Ursula gets a real kind of turning point for her character. I believe out of all of them, she's the one who gets the most growth and and her her redemption arc from what i recall we'll get and we'll get there but like right now she's just standing behind a white man who's talking about how great he is yeah i also don't think they flesh out quite as much about like why she's like like with cruella and maleficent they just have this air of just like if you met them on the street you're like oh you're a bad guy and you're a bad guy if you met ursula in her jumper at aquarium aquarium you'd be like this is a nice lady. I kind of want to be friends with her. She's a little, she's a little mean a little bit. Like she just seems kind of cranky, but like, she doesn't seem to have like a villainous, they don't give her the villainous like treatment. Yeah, They mostly so... just let her be sassy when she's wearing her crown, but then that's it. 
I would have loved if they had called back to their earlier stuff with Ariel and Eric, where she was like worshipped as a goddess. She was worshipped as this great, powerful figure. And maybe that's what she was. And it got to her head. And that was where her villain arc turned, is that she let this power get to her head of being worshipped. But that might we might discover that. It's just they're not showing anything like that right now. She is just kind of set dressing, which you should not do as with any character in this kind of role, but especially you got to be mindful when you're, when you're, when you're renegating your, your, uh, BIPOC actors to the background. Like you don't do that with, you know, you don't do that. You're not supposed to do that. Cause it's shitty. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'll, I, and you're right though, too. Like she was worshiped as a deity. I don't think any, like even a fallen deity would not stand there and let Rumple talk nearly as much as she did. Yeah. Like, in any capacity. At all. Well, he does manage to convince Cruella that she can get everything she ever wanted. If only he, he follows her. If she follows him like she did once before. And we're going to get back. We're going to find that out. Because in... The Forbidden Fortress, Maleficent's home. We've got some surprise visitors Maleficent was not planning for because Rumple didn't give her a heads up that people were going to be in her home just rummaging around and knocking out her guards. And meeting in the absolute middle of the castle. It's not like they were at the door. Like she was just like coming out of like the bathroom and just being like, I got to really do another face mask. And what the hell? Who is in my house? Like what's happening? Uh, yeah. yeah, she didn't get the Evite, apparently. No. So Ursula's just getting her tentacles out and just attacking people left and right. And Maleficent's like, what are you doing here? This is my house. Get out. Uh, I don't want to do any tentacle porn. <laughs> Please leave my home. And, and, and both of them are very confused of like, oh, well, I didn't invite you to my house. Okay, well, somebody invited me to your house. And then Cruella walks up and is like, yeah, someone also invited me. And Abby, remember we were talking last week about Cruella's abilities. How you you learned something this week about (laughs) what sets Cruella apart from just being a lady with attitude. What is it, Ben? (laughs) Oh, well, she just has like doggy breath. Green doggy breath that controls dogs. And, and not even so much where she goes like, this is the thing that really was funny. This is all really hilarious to me. But I think the little detail that just really killed me is that she doesn't blow. She like coughs at them. She doesn't go. She goes. Ah. So she's like opening her jaws out at these dogs and be like, Here's my breath. It's going to tell you what to do. It's green. It's weird. I want that power. I want to be able to control dogs. But not like that. Like doing the thing from the mummy where you're like. <sighs> like just. Well, I mean, she's got to use it on the scarabs later. I, oh, my God. I. <laughs> so so a- what were you, well, please, please take me. Take me into. Take me into your home. And, and as you're watching the episode before we start taping, got your headphones in. Maybe you're preparing a meal, a delicious meal. When when Cruella opened her jaw and breathed green hot air on the dogs to calm them down, take take me through that experience. I want to be there with you. 
I'm not gonna lie. So you're right in the kitchen, and they're making making my dinner, uh, making dinner for the family as they do. And it was like I I was watching it, and then I looked away, and I came back, and the dogs were suddenly placated and not insane. And I was like, I missed something. I did. I scrubbed back to rewatch it, and it was like a fever dream because I was like, I. I didn't think I heard any of those sound effects when I was like standing near the sink and not staring at it. So it was confusing, but also it's green, which was extra confusing. I, I, I don't have like a fun answer of like stopping and being like, what is happening? It was just like a confused look, which I think carried all the way through them then ordering at a KFC. <laughs> Cause it was just... This whole background, like this back thing, I am stunned. The woman was was too stunned to speak. I don't know what this was, why it happened, or who thought it was a good idea. This, I, this episode was fine. I liked most of it. I like this team up. I will say that now. I know we're having a lot of fun. I just wanted to say, like this, this flashback, I hated so much. It was so cheesily written as if by a 12 year old who was asked to write a spec script for once upon a time i don't know why this happened and i don't know how we then culminated to and then cruella unhinges her jaw and breathes green smoke on dogs yes we're gonna film this it's also I, really bad that they chose the color green because green is normally associated with like smelly so it's like, it just feels like she's just breathing smelly air. Like, cause that's what they use in cartoons. Like if you like watch a cartoon from the nineties, if somebody has a bad breath or has a bad fart on a show, it's going to show up as like the green smoke. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, Cruella's has really bad breath. And I just, everyone in a once upon a time specifically has like a color associated with their magic. So giving her very green magic, it looks like Zelina. Like, mm-hmm. it's that same Emerald City green. And I, that almost was part of my Big Brother. But I, as you were talking about it, I was realizing that they probably didn't have it be green at first. And they were like, this looks too much like smoking. Because it would make more sense for it to have been like a white silvery smoke. Mm-hmm. But she can't like vape at the dogs. <laughs> just, she's, I mean, why she's not? She's just like she's hotboxing some dogs. Like, what's just what did you blow on elevate? What did you blow on your dogs? Weed. They're high as hell now, <laughs> but they'll do whatever I say. Yeah, right. As long as I continue feeding them treats, they are so hungry They're- all the time because of this. So Rumple is the one who summoned these three ladies. Well, two of the ladies to the third lady's house, and it's. It's because this is a, a, a fan fiction story from fanfiction.net where it's like somebody asked themselves in the privacy of their own homes, hey, I wonder how Rumble got his hands on the curse. You know, logic would say he maybe he wrote it or he just like found a book. No, it is the most guarded piece of paper in a bubble in space. And we need three ladies with three very specific talents to get it. 
even though conceivably Rumple could probably just do all three of those things. Or he can just you. poof in and get it and poof out. Like how they never even like kind of explain away why he couldn't do that. Like the reasoning was he wanted to use them as like a meat shield, I guess. But why need all three of them? Yeah, especially because like, you know, he he wants to use them as bait so he can leave because the Chernobyl thing is going to uh, go toward the person with the darkest heart, the potential for dark. But then the moment the ladies are like on a ledge, he can't attack them anymore. So like Rumble will just have to jump onto a ledge and he'd be well, fine. But he need listen, the Balrog couldn't attack them because he couldn't fly because to fly you need, Oh wait, he had wings. Well, he would need to be really tall and now oh, he was really tall. He would need to be able to reach really far. No, he had really long arms. I, there's no reason. No reason anyone should have escaped. Like we've this is how this thing was guarded. Absolutely not. I I I refuse to believe This felt like the I, most ham fisted way to get these three women in Rumple's life and involved in the main story. Oh, what if they were the ones who they got the curse for Rumple? And and that and that that was the the thing. We what? don't need that. Just have them do something else. What kind of powers do you need? Well, we need a lady with stink breath to convince a bunch of scarabs to move. And then we need someone who knows how to deal with fire. And then we need Mr. Fantastic to be <laughs> able to reach. I And then and listen and listen it's all bullshit it's all terrible the worst part of this whole thing is that he just sauntered out he didn't run he didn't poof he just sauntered while they watched him mouths agape (gasps) how could he have done this there's a door why did they not run towards the door why did they not simply try to stop him why did ursula not stop him with her tentacles why did Yes! Why did why did Maleficent not set his whole head on fire? Why did Ursula or why did Cruella not just simply breathe on him? I they did nothing. They just watched him go. It's, yeah, this was so stupid because they 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 succeeded succeeded their task, and then Rumple's like, "Aha! Surprise! This is Chernobyl, and he's going to uh, eat one of your hearts, whichever heart has the most potential for darkness. He's gonna have a hard time choosing. All of you ladies, soup's evil." And he went, I'm going to go. Bye-bye. The ladies managed to get themselves out with the power of girl power and teamwork. And and now they are a, a team up of three ladies. They're, they're boss. They're, they're getting those paychecks. They're getting their happy ending uh, eventually. Uh, how they're going to do that? Uh, well, Rumble's going to have to put a little faith in them. Uh, but first, <laughs> we have to make a foot stop at a drive through because it's funny. The only reason I bring this up is one, it was hilarious. Just so out of place. They didn't learn anything there. They didn't discuss anything important there. But two, the fast food worker was voiced by Daniel Day Kim. And I just find that so funny. What? Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Day Kim from like, from freaking Lost, from Hellboy, from Saints Row, from Angel. He, I, this made it in this was not a fun deleted scene how did this make it i Uh, think it's only because daniel day kim did was uncredited though but he was the voice of the fast food worker i think the only reason they kept it in is because uh because adam horowitz literally like thanked him on twitter 
being like, thank you, Daniel Day Kim, for putting your voice in the little, what he called it, a little cluckety cluck cluck vocal cameo on tonight's Once Upon a Time. Uh, only because I already brought it up, but I had a thought while I was watching this. A lot of times, like, as as a person, again, I talked about it, I have celiacs, which means I cannot uh, digest gluten. Uh, for those of you who don't know, not an allergy. It's an autoimmune disorder. I won't get into it. But it does mean that I cannot eat at fast food restaurants for the most part. I think there's mm-hmm. only, like, one thing I can eat, and it's at Wendy's. And, I mean, how bad does it have to be I'm eating at Wendy's? No thanks. Uh, and then, so Rumple doesn't eat. Like, they go to order, and he's like, no, nothing. That's how my experience is with, like, hanging out with friends who stop at Taco Bell. I'm just like, no, thank you. I just won't be eating. So now I have a secret theory that I've now added to the list of characters that I believe to be gluten-free. Bingo from Bluey and Rumple from Once Upon a Time. But he was eating ramen. Damn it! It's literally in the episode. <laughs> you threw it. Okay, I still have bingo. I still have bingo. It's fine. I still have bingo. Maybe it was a gluten-free ramen that only existed in uh, pretend New York City because New York City does have a lot of gluten-free options that does not exist. It does in the middle of the swamp of Ohio that I live in. That is um, very true. I'm very excited. Uh, this is not for nothing. Uh, I'm going to Denver later, and they have like a full gluten-free bakery. I'm gonna eat <gasps> so much. So many donuts. So, so many donuts. Oh, yeah. Just just buy the whole place. You you own it now. I own it. It's just like, I would like to buy this place. Um, they'll be like, wow, did you also hit like a lettuce shop before you got here? I'll be like, no, this is just how I normally want to consume donuts. <laughs> it <laughs> sleeves a six, open my jaw like Cruella talking to her dogs and shove them in my face. <laughs> Okay, so we've stopped yes. at General McCluck-Clucks. Yes, and, and now we are heading to the little town of Storybrooke. We're starting, uh, we're heading to the edge of town. And uh, this is where we kind of bump up with the uh, plot line of Storybrooke with the Escape Chernobyl because uh, they're going to help out. The, these ladies, they know how to defeat this monster. But Abby... What's going on with this monster? Like, what's its deal? Uh, so, okay, so the Balrog comes out. I like that we both have different names for it, uh, which is neither the name it is. Well, no, it is it is the Chernabog, which is from Fantasia. Like, they, it was it, sure. Night of Bald Mountain. It, like, the it, thing and they the literally had things? the music from Night of Bald Mountain in Fantasia. Like, this okay. was a reference to that. Oh, okay, sure. What was the thing from Stranger Things that I'm thinking of? Uh, Demogorgon? The, Demogorgon. That, thank you. Thank you. So anyway, uh, this thing is released. <laughs> I love Regina's. Okay, let's go figure out what's lowering property values now. Grumpy does not announce its arrival, so I don't believe it's actually even there. It's probably just a projection of some sort. It's not a real uh, problem. Grumpy's acknowledged that, you know, he, he he only comes to the forefront when it's a real problem. This one, yeah, was like one, this of those- one is like... He knows. He goes up and he goes like, oh, it's a season premiere problem. It's going to go. Because, like, remember season two when we had that weird, like, Reaper thing? Yeah. The premieres always include some kind of ghostly, ghastly enemy that they defeat by the end of the episode. So Grumpy knows what's up. Grumpy knows what's up. So this thing is, like, perched up on the uh, clock tower, as it won't to do. Uh, suddenly, Snow White appears. Like, the group is now suddenly Regina, Emma, Snow, Belle is there, and I believe Hook's there, but Hook does zilch. <laughs> He's just so busy brooding. He's just, I can't believe six weeks ago I made a mistake. Rah, no one has forgiven me. We've all forgiven you. Ah, I'm so sad. 
And so they're like, okay, well, I guess we'll go try to figure out. Like, like Belle's like, I will go read about it in the library. Even though I have said twice in this episode that reading these things takes lots of time. So I'm not going to be an immediate help. So hopefully it just sits there and doesn't do anything for a while. Uh, this is when, like, the phone call from uh, Ursula and Cruella comes in and to Regina. And she's like, ah, the fish. And they're like, yeah, we'll definitely tell you how to beat this thing. And then they, like, tell them but not on camera. And here's the part that confuses me. So they know how to defeat the thing. I We're presumed to say that. Ursula gave them an idea to how to defeat it. But then Emma comes up with a separate second idea that then works. Because I don't remember who it was. Was it Hook that was just like, oh, if we take it to the town line, won't it just cease existing? Which, thank goodness, could you imagine that thing being let loose in New England? Just like It doesn't have magic, but it is still a big, tall demigorgon situation with big wings. Just being like, I can't fly anymore because the magic isn't real. I'm just... <laughs> he's just like, walking around sad like Rumpel. He's just like crouched really low down at General McCluck-Lucks being like, I'll take a number five, but sir, I don't have any money. I don't have a job. Also, I'm pretty sure I don't have a digestive system. (laughs) I don't know what I need to consume. Do you have hearts of chickens? Like, they're pretty evil. I play Legend of Zelda. So... (laughs) Can I also just quickly say, they call Ursula a fish so many times, and I'm like, she's an octopus, yeah. Uh, they they share they share the same classification, but an octopus is a cephalopod. It is a separate class. It is not just a fish. I didn't like how they kept calling her a fish. Also, I don't know a lot about marine smart. biology, but I'm like, she's she's specifically an octopus. They're not necessarily the same thing as they're like. It was they're weird. Also, yeah, but they're also like super smart. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's like I wish they would have played in that anyway. You're right. You're right. Correct. I that's a there's there's few things that I like to um actually, and that would be a good um actually. Um actually, yeah. she is an well, octopus. The, and the biggest one is that fish have a skeleton, and octopi do not. Octopi are invertebrates, yes. so they're very different. And if you trap an octopus in a jar, it'll eventually undo the thing. So that's what Emma needed to do. Emma needed to put an octopus inside of her root beer, and the, it would have opened up her can. Okay, so. <laughs> So they, Emma gets an idea, like, they get the idea that they're going to, like, chase this thing out of town. Cool. And so they get in the beetle, and I love the conversation. Who would buy this? It's bright yellow. It's terrible. And Emma's like, I don't know, man. I stole it. I was, like, a teenager. I like it. It's cool. And as someone who drove a more recent yellow Volkswagen beetle, offended by... Regina's take on that. A yellow car is great. You never lose it in the parking lot. Come on now. Uh, They get the Balrog on top of their car. And then like... <laughs> Regina makes it sound like she's leaving Emma for dead. But actually she's just like continuing the plan. Which was weird. Yeah. And, and, and even then she's not really. Because then we get that super weird twist from Rumpel. Of like, ha, I know who the darkest person is all along. Yeah. Uh, Regina poofs out of the car, gets in front of the car, 
Emma just slams on the brakes. The Balrog is just like, oh no! And just <laughs> gets thrown off into the town line and then disintegrates uh, mm-hmm. in a painful, terrible, awful way to die. And they... This is the other thing. On top of like the fact that I hated the, the flashback, the way they get those women into town and then how Rumple then gets into town angers me in a way that I cannot explain. Oh, well, the Ice Queen had a scroll. Let's just throw the scroll <laughs> through. through the, okay, so if the Balrog can't make it through because he is a magical creature, how can this magical thing then get through? I, I Yeah, wouldn't make, it also disintegrate? That's what I'm saying. I know it did exist before outside of that, but it is like a magical piece of paper that apparently you just have to hold near the town line. That sounds like magic that I don't know how made it out of the town. Like it if you had it outside of the town so and made it into the town, based on the curse, it should not have been able to make it out of the town. Okay. So they th- they're getting ready to throw it, but first, Snow White and Charming appear. They're like, hey, maybe let's not let them in because they're dicks. <laughs> and I was like, and they just like appeared in the freaking ether. Yeah, like they just like zoop. We're here. We heard bat. We heard something. We those happening that we don't like. Yeah, like we need charming was charming was napping and his phone rang and he like hello and they're like oh my god did you know that Ursula and Deville are at the town line? He's like oh that's so crazy. I anyway, well, I have to go and he hangs up the phone. No, grab your coat. The our war crimes are coming to fruition. <laughs> so the they Geneva like, Connect Convention has arrived. Yeah, right. Oh no, the Hague straight that straight to the Hague with us. So they go and they're just like, yeah, let's not do this. And Emma's just like, like, I, I don't, maybe they want redemption. And if they, I mean, let's just, let's offer them sanctuary here. And so her and Regina are agreeing, and they're, like, looking at each other, and it was just really helping sell the whole vibe oh, yeah. that shippers everywhere wanted. And so the whole time, I loved how shifty Snow and Charming were being this whole episode. They were just like, uh, uh, this is, let's just keep looking at each other. Oh, God. So they throw the scroll out. Cruella grabs it. They open it up. I liked this camera work because they hold it up. They close it. They're right there, everyone, so they drive through the town line. I thought there was a much more dramatic entrance. I have some memory of the car crossing the town line for some reason. I don't know what sort of weird Mandela effect happened in my brain, but I'm like, oh, this is that cool scene where we get to watch the car just appear. Does this happen at some point, or am I just making things up? I legit don't know. I mean, it could okay. very well be from another season. Uh, we have this kind of town line problem a lot on the okay, show. Okay, that's fair. So it could just be another time. I thought Rumble was going to hide in the trunk. Th- thank you. That's what I also thought happened. So they cross the town line, and my favorite part is just like we've, we were letting them in for their redemption. They roll in, wave, and keep driving. <laughs> it's just like, thanks. And just... <laughs> we're, off to, we're off to find our happiness. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> it's like there's a town of 10 people. Like, what are you doing? And there's no customs check. Like, come on, guys. Like, you're letting somebody in. You're not sure. Like, maybe check the trunk. I don't know. And then they, they let them. They've got to make them. it to Granny's yoga class. I Yeah. So they, they let them keep the scroll. Why? 
Why would that not have been retrieved instantly? I, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, strategically, Regina and Emma should have known better about that. It's like, okay, well, you get to do it now. Give it back to me. Because that is a hot commodity. That is getting around a curse with a known yeah. person outside of the curse that you don't want to come back in. Yeah, they could have a full like House of Mouse villains reunion with that with that scroll. They can invite all sorts of people. They don't even have to. It doesn't even have to be like Disney characters. They could just be any random person. Cruella's uh, down on his luck husband could find new life in Storybrooke. Maybe take over Rumpel's pawn shop. Who knows? Like anything could happen. But what does happen is they take that scroll. And they head back to the town line. For a hot second, Rumple's like, oh no, the consequences of my actions. Oh, and he gets ready no. to Hulk Sadwalk down the street. But there's that scroll. Ladies are there and they're like, come on in. And he's just like, I knew it. I knew the whole time. I didn't doubt a thing. And then they fully walked through town? Oh, yeah. He's just like strolling. He's like, no one can know I'm here. It's a top secret mission that I'm here. I will strut through Main Street with the two most ostentatious strangers anyone has ever seen. Let's go. And then openly, loudly discuss our plans. Yeah, this this was just so silly. I kind of just had to love it because it was one of those moments I'm watching. I'm like, this is really stupid. Oh, <laughs> like, this oh, is- this bonker stupid but whatever what's past camp yeah there's there's like a weird land beyond where you overshoot so hard that this happened like i don't think they had any else any other idea to do it so they just did this so like it's the dumbest thing ever but i cackled the whole time it was happening i think it's the charming two by four um like scale like yeah. how how many charming two by fours is this? It's not full charming two by four. It's like it's like a a two by two. Yeah, like you I know? I I agree with you. Charming two by four, very absolute edge of that scale, one hundred percent perfect. So there, the plan is like also Maleficent may or may not be dead because they do make a girl band uh, reference, and then I just because you made me watch it, I was just like, yay! It's Ursula and the Pussycats. Yay. <laughs> and 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 that's where we learn about how awesome rumple is because he's still totally awesome because he was just like guys ladies people i had this in the bag the whole time who do you think was an oxford professor who was emailing bell and manipulating her it was me dummies dum-dums i like the idea that that ursula's be like what are you talking about who's bell what's going on like because that's information they don't have like he's like who do you think was doing that they were not privy to this information they're like is that what you were doing you were like in the back seat of their car while she's just like anyway bell uh, all of the symbols are definitely secret i will tell you all of the things um i and then we also then that's also where we find out it's just like again I wish there was more swearing because it'd be like, well, yes, because the Balrog was going after Regina. And he was like, no, you dumb idiot. (laughs) That's not the person with the most potential for darkness. It's Emma Swan. Which is leading us to Dark Swan, which is fine. Except how does Rumpel know this? 
I'm hoping we get an explanation of how Rumple knows Emma has this much darkness in her heart. He's had hints of it, but to actually think that she's darker than Regina or has more potential for darkness than Regina, especially because he hasn't seen them for the past six weeks, he doesn't know all the sheriffing she's doing. Like she's she's living her best life. She's going to Granny's yoga classes. She's doing she's 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 doing good. Maybe maybe she's seen Doctor Hopper. Maybe not. She should. Maybe it's like a power thing. Like they they've been pretty strong on the whole like Emma's power is unfathomable to adorable human being. <laughs> maybe it's like an Anakin Skywalker thing where it's just like oh my gosh he's so powerful. But if he's not trained correctly, he has more potential to be a menace. So maybe, like, Emma, because she's not being trained properly, she has more potential, like, she's not hard and fast in her light magic. She has potential to be dark. Maybe it's a, I don't, I, I don't, there's no reason. I'm just trying to help explain it. I just don't think that there's an, a reason that he would know this. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there is one either. And I, it's just because Rumple is amazing and he has it all figured out, guys. And he's already back. Yay, Rumple's back in town. He's back he and he's like, for he's so one. smart and he knows everything. And he's 15 steps ahead of literally everyone. We saw him lose and I wish we got to bask in his loss more. Yeah. And we could bask in Belle's win for just a goddamn minute. Without Rumple continuing to manipulate and control her, this he's poor doing woman. it, and she's she's separated from him, and he's still doing it from hundreds of miles away. This poor woman cannot do her the breakup ritual properly because she she doesn't have the beans, and so like Rumple's out doing his thing, and he's he's hatching all kinds of plans. Meanwhile, Belle is unable to eat, pray, love. She's unable to wild. She's unable to do any of the many things that you do post-divorce to find yourself. She's She can't even get her groove back. She's stuck at a library with an emo pirate who's very sad about fairies. But Listen, he got them out and no one else. Being stuck in a library with an emo pirate is only good if you're actively having sex with the emo pirate in the library it doesn't work if you're just like that's someone else's boyfriend what's there's nothing fun about that uh bell please stop stop getting catfished fire ex-boyfriend <laughs> online go outside do something else <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, that was season four, episode 13, Darkness on the Edge of Town. But the darkness is now inside oh, the town. Hold on. I'm sorry. St- oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. forgot the mm-hmm. very dramatic mm-hmm. mafia scene at the end. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Cruella, Cruella and Ursula show up at the town line again to like help Rumple get in or something. I don't remember why they're there. But they meet Snow and Charming, and they're <gasps> both there with umbrellas in the oh. rain. And it's just like, listen, bitch, this is my town. And if you tell them anything, especially Emma, I will murder you and cook you into pies. And like the whole time, I love that like Charming's just there as muscle. Just like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Muscle was just what she said. Remember this nice, sweet teacher lady who was like, birds. Birds are so wonderful. Smash cut to her at the end of the episode. I will kill your entire bloodline. You, you'll never see a fish again. I will eradicate them from the earth. 
<laughs> I will create global warming. Yeah, and this, I, I, as much as I do not like what happens with Snow and Charming, like that storyline with Maleficent and her child is legit one of the most horrible things any character does on this show. That said, giving Snow and Charming something to do and something interesting about them, like we have this mystery, I welcome that. Because yes. they haven't had any idea what to do these, with these characters for the past several, few seasons. Yeah. Like they don't have a clue what to do with Mary Margaret and Charming. So I'm like, okay, yes, give them a side plot. Give them... Give them a weird relationship to freaking Cruella DeVille that we are not going to explore yet, but we will later. I want to know how Snow White knows Cruella DeVille. That, that's a story worth exploring. There's a Tumblr post. Like I said, I've been spending a lot of time on Tumblr. I'm just going to share it on Facebook. I'm not even going to explain it. Guys, join our Facebook group so you can see the kick-ass Tumblr post that I found that had to do with Once Upon a Time that is not at all inaccurate. <laughs> Well, everybody, we want to again thank you so much for uh, for joining us for this latest episode. We want to thank our amazing patrons, especially our top tier patrons. We've gotten some of your suggestions uh, for uh, potential names. Uh, so far, it looks like Snow Queen might be on the way out. We haven't really see, seen a huge push to continue that. Uh, but Abby and I are going to go over the names, and we will have an announcement for you shortly. Uh, and we want to really thank you for your, your suggestions. We've got a couple of really great ones that I am legit mulling over because they sound really fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, and for our top tier patron of the week, it's going to be Brian Sanina. Thank you so much, Brian. If you want to support us on Patreon... You can head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join the Facebook group for Abby's Facebook memes at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Beth Elderkin. I also share fire memes at just underscore Abby on Twitter. <laughs> and we're going to be back next week with season four, episode 14 unforgiven let me see if it means what i think it means oh shit it Is does it? <gasps> it's already happening guys guys we're gonna have emotional trauma next week i hope we're all prepared none of us are prepared no Yay. <laughs> well thank you everyone for joining us and abby we will we'll see you next week see you next week <laughs>